Good morning. On this bright, sunny, cold morning, we're going back to the book of Joel, probably for the last time. The title I would give this little talk would be God Does According to His Will. God Does According to His Will. You know, when we do a short or long series, I am always loath to leave. I think perhaps we should have said a bit more about that subject, or uh, was what we said clear to everybody? You know, we will just pray that on each occasion, we all, listener, reader, or myself, all may have learned something important and that in the future we have a base which we can go back and study the book for ourselves which is really so important. These days, like so many people watching TV, we become experts in so many subjects but never actually find out anything through personal study. When we study God's word for ourselves, we will discover that is what really sticks in our brains. I'm tempted to say, always assuming, of course, that we have a brain. But there we are. But I must stop here for a moment, and this actually uh, is, is happening. I had just subconsciously used the expression uh, just there a minute ago, I'm loath to leave, which made me think, and which actually comes from one of my favourite old Irish poems, An Old Woman of the Road. So I thought I would just repeat this little poem. An old woman of the road. Oh, to have a little house, to own the hearth and stool and all, the heaped-up sods upon the fire, the pile of turf against the wall. To have a clock with weights and chains and pendulum swinging up and down, a dresser filled with shining delf, speckled and white and blue and brown. I could work there all the, all the day, clearing and sweeping hearth and floor, and fixing on their shelf again my white and blue and speckled store. I could be quiet there at night, beside the fire and by myself, sure of a bed and loath to leave the ticking clock and the shiny delf. Oh, but I'm weary of mist and dark and roads 
where there's never a house or bush. And tired I am of bog and road, the crying wind and the lonesome hush. And I am praying to God on high, and I am praying him night and day for a little house, a house of my own, house of the winds and the rain's way. Padre Colum, who wrote that poem, was born about 25 years after the great famine in Ireland. My grandmother, who lived to a ripe old age, was actually born only 15 or so years after the famine. So both of these families and many million others had lived through that great famine which devastated Ireland and which resulted in loss of life and of desperate immigration to America which actually reduced the famine, the population in Ireland, from probably around about 10 million to eventually around 6 million. 6 million people left between 1841 and 1900. My mother was reared mostly uh, part of her life in the country, and as a result of the hardships of which she was aware and of which some people still suffered, mental and actual, she would never refuse to give aid to any, but especially to those like Padre Collins, old woman of the road. There are many famines mentioned in scripture, you know. In Matthew 24, we keep going back to Matthew 24 and our talks in Joel, our Lord prophesies of famine. In verse 6, reading in the King James Version, And ye shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. We are having a, a, a pestilence at the moment and God, Jesus said there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. A worldwide pandemic at present. But note that Jesus says all these are the beginning of sorrows. You know, he warned his disciples. He said you can observe the skies and the forecast the weather but fail to recognize the signs which he has given of this coming great tribulation. Verse 21 For then shall be great tribulation 
such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever it shall be. You know, after this pandemic, only time will tell of global food production. But the prophet Amos prophesies of a famine which to most Christians would appear to be already here. Amos 6.11 Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Lord, we see day by day people who are troubled by this pandemic. But so much more important that we are not responsible for not preaching the gospel not having a famine for hearing the word of the Lord and so back to Joel today we will hopefully tidy up a few points here and there in Joel In one of our talks we said that God used various people to fulfill his will. And here was the passage in Joel, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Joel 3 and verse 2. I will gather all the Gentile nations that were hostile to my people and bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. That meant the Lord has judged. And there I will deal with them and enter into judgment with them there. For their treatment of my people, my inheritance, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and because they have encroached on my land and divided it up. And it goes on. To verse 9. Proclaim this among the pagan nations. Prepare a war. Stir up mighty men. Let all the men of war come near. Let them come up. And here God is speaking to these nations. Not to Israel. He's speaking to these nations who were to come up to meet him in the valley of decision. Beat your ploughs into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Verse 11. Hurry and come all you surrounding nations and gather yourselves there bring down O Lord your mighty ones your warriors that the nations be stirred to action and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat for there I will sit to judge and punish all the surrounding nations 
God was going to influence these nations to come to the valley of Jehoshaphat. All the nations will come, multitudes to the valley of judgment, where they will be severely judged by God. And the Lord Jesus will be that judge. Do we read elsewhere in Scripture of God using situations and people to fulfill his commands? We're just going to pick out a few examples of that this morning. The first one is a lovely one. And it's in Second Kings 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. And I'm not going to read, uh, go through the whole story. And I would really, if you want to read a nice story, read uh, from Second Kings 5 in your own time. But Second Kings 5 starts off, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was considered a great man by his king and was highly respected because through him that's through Naaman the Lord had given victory to Syria he was a man of courage but he was a leper Syria had been under the Assyrian rule and had recently gained their independence through Naaman's prowess. God was working out his purposes and his plans on these two pagan nations. But nevertheless, God used Naaman to give victory over Assyria to Syria. And then we have that wonderful story of a young captive Israeli girl in a foreign country witnessing to her mistress's uh, wife of Naaman. And she witnessed about the God of Israel and how her master should go there to be healed of his leprosy. That was a wonderful story. So read it, the full story in Second Kings chapter 5. But here we have God using two nations to bring about his purposes in that particular region. And then number two. Second Chronicles chapter 36 and verse 22. Now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah, Jeremiah might be accomplished. Jeremiah had said that Israel would be in Babylon for 70 years. Because they had sinned against God they had uh, been taken captive and the nation was taken the, the uh, temple was destroyed and the time those 70 years 
were nearly up. And what happened? The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing saying thus saith Cyrus king of Persia all the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me and he hath charged me to build him an house in Jerusalem which is in Judah who is there among you all his people Speaking to those in captivity, the Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. So he was inviting all those Israel who were captive, and had been taken captive uh, from Israel to Babylon. He's now giving them the opportunity. He was going to rebuild the temple. And he was giving the people the chance to go back. This is something unheard of in history. A nation, after 17 years in captivity, being given the opportunity to return to their homeland by Cyrus, a king of Persia. God was using people and still does use people to fulfill his wish and his will throughout the world. And then we have a lovely one. Number three. Another major example is in Daniel chapter four about Nebuchadnezzar, the supreme potentate. And this is one of the most amazing stories and events in Scripture. Israel had sinned and had been taken into captivity in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was prior to Cyrus that we just read about in the example number two. The temple had been destroyed and Daniel, the prophet, was one of the young men taken captive and picked out by the emperor for special education. The whole story about that is mentioned in the previous chapters of Daniel. And briefly, this supreme potentate had a dream which terrified him. And Daniel was given the task by God to give the meaning of that dream to the emperor. That's a dangerous task. You could lose your head if you annoyed the supreme authority. Let us look at what the emperor said. He's reflecting on his life and what had happened to him. So if you go to Daniel chapter 4, the king acknowledges God. In his own words, Nebuchadnezzar gave this uh, account. He starts off, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, 
to all peoples, nations, and speakers of every language that live in all the earth. May your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. What a wonderful uh, testimony this was to God's dealing with Nebuchadnezzar by himself. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. And then we have the vision of a great tree. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream and it made me afraid. And the fantasies and the thoughts and the visions that appeared in my mind as I lay on my bed, alarming me. So I gave orders to bring in before me all the wise men of Babylon, so that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the magi, the Chaldeans, who were the master astrologers, and the diviners all came in and I told them the dream but they could not interpret it and make known its meaning to me but at last Daniel came in before me whose name was Belteshazzar after the name of my God and in whom a spirit of the holy gods and I told them the dream saying O Belteshazzar chief of the magicians because I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery baffles or troubles you Tell me the visions of my dream, which I have seen, along with its interpretation. The visions that passed through my mind as I lay on my bed were these. I was looking, and behold, there was a tree in the middle of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to heaven. And it was visible to the end of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant. And in it was food for all. The beasts of the field around found shade under it. And the birds of the sky nested in its branches. And all living creatures fed themselves from it. 
And behold, I saw in the visions of my mind, as I lay upon my bed, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He shouted aloud and said this, Cut down the tree and cut off its branches. Shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the living creatures run from under it and let the birds fly from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump with its roots in the ground. Bound with a band of iron and bronze in the new grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew of heaven and let him feed with the animals in the grass of the earth let his mind and nature be changed from a man's and let an animal an animal's mind and nature be given him and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angel watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones. So that the living may know without any doubt that the Most High God rules over the kingdom of mankind and he bestows it on whomsoever he desires and sets over it the humblest and lowest of men. This is the dream which I Nebuchadnezzar have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, that's Daniel. Now you, Daniel, explain its meaning, since none of the wise men of my kingdom are able to reveal its interpretation to me. But you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel whose Babylonian name was Belteshazzar, was appalled and speechless for a while because he was deeply concerned about the destiny of the king and his thoughts alarmed him. There was a while, silence. Then the king said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation frighten you. Belteshazzar answered, My Lord, may the dream be meant for those who hate you and its message for your enemies. The tree that you saw, which became great and grew strong, whose height reached to heaven and which was visible to all the earth, whose foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant. 
on which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field lived, and in whose branches the birds of the sky nested. It is you, O king, who has become great and grown strong. Your greatness has increased and it reaches to heaven. And your dominion reaches to the ends of the earth. In that the king saw angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven and saying, Cut the tree down and destroy it, but leave the stump and its roots in the earth, both with a band of iron and bronze around it, in the grass, the new grass of the field. And let him be wet with all the dew of heaven, and let him feed with the beasts of the field until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is the, the decree of the Most High God which has come upon my Lord, the king, that you shall be driven from mankind and your dwelling place shall be with the beasts of the field and that you will be given grass to eat like the cattle and be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know, without any doubt, that the Most High God rules over the kingdom of mankind, and he bestows it to whomsoever he desires. And in that it was commanded to leave the stump with the roots of the tree in the earth, your kingdom shall be restored to you after you recognize and fully understand that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice to you be considered and found acceptable. Break away now from your sins and exhibit your repentance by doing what is right and from your wickedness by showing mercy to the poor so that if you repent there may possibly be a continuance of your prosperity and tranquility and the healing of your error. All this happened. This is Nebuchadnezzar still talking about what had happened to him. All this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Twelve months later he was walking on the open level of the royal palace of Babylon. The king said thoughtfully, Is not this the great Babylon? which I myself have built as the royal residence and seat of government by the might of my power and for the glory and honour of my majesty. While the words were still in the king's mouth, 
a voice came, as if falling from heaven, saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, the kingdom has been removed from you, and you will be given, driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place be with the animals of the field. You will be given grass to eat like the cattle, and seven periods of time will pass over until it will pass over you until until you know without any doubt that the Most High God rules over the kingdom of mankind and he bestows it on whomsoever he desires. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws but at the end of the days that is the seven periods of time I Nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes toward heaven and my understanding and my reason returned to me and I blessed the most high God and I praised and honoured and glorified him who lives forever for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are regarded as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? Now at the same time my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom my majesty and splendor were returned to me and my counsellors and my nobles began seeking me out so I was re-established in my kingdom and still more greatness than before was added to me. Now I Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt the King of Heaven, for all his works are true and faithful, and his ways are just, and he is able to humiliate and humble those who walk in self-centered, self-righteous pride. What an amazing story. And I've read it just as it is in the Scriptures just with the amplified version. What an amazing story. And what a truth given by God to this man. Something which we also should remember. But he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. 
And no one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? And we should, as Christians, realize that we are under the control of God and yield our lives completely into his control. You know, years ago we used to sing a little chorus. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mould me and make me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way.